Good morning, friends. Welcome to The Well. My name is Ryan Gear. I'm the pastor here. If you're new with us, you're our guest. We're glad you're here with us this morning. And if you'd like to let us know you're here, just text the word welcome to 480-530-7234. It'll text you back and it'll ask for your name and email address and uh, just fill that out and you'll get more information about The Well, including my weekly email that I send out every Friday. Thanks for being with us. We do appreciate you joining us this morning. And uh, today is the third Sunday in Advent. Advent. Advent means arrival. And in Advent, we're preparing for the arrival of Jesus Christ all over again this Christmas. Now, we know that this Christmas is going to feel different than others. We are celebrating Christmas in the darkness of a pandemic that is claiming thousands of American lives every day. And that has disrupted our lives from our economy to uh, being distanced from people that we would like to see this Christmas and we can't safely travel to see them. Of course, we're in, in a year in which the presidential election is threatening our very democracy. We are living in very difficult times and this Christmas is unlike other Christmases that we have celebrated. But when we read the Christmas story, the original Christmas story in context, we realize that Jesus was born into a dark, violent world, a world in which there was fear of disease because there was no medical science to speak of. When we read about COVID filling up hospitals and the ICU beds are taken, it essentially eliminates our recourse of, of running into the arms of medical science. And in, in, in the time that Jesus was born in, people did not have that option. And so there was fear of disease, and then there was increasing hatred and division in society. It was a time ruled by dictators like King Herod and, and Caesar, the emperor of the Roman Empire, and people hated each other. There were people on, on different ex, uh, extremes in politics. Some were violent. And, and so in context, the first Christmas actually reminds us of this year. We, we have warm and fuzzy feelings around Christmas time, like a Hallmark card or a Hallmark movie. Uh, and we have expectations for what Christmas will be like. And this year, we, those expectations will not be met. But now we have the opportunity to realize that the first Christmas was not warm and fuzzy. It was not like a Hallmark card. It wasn't like Christmas carols that we sing, you know, all was calm, all was bright, like in Silent Night. That's not the world that Jesus was born into. And so this Christmas actually feels a lot like the first Christmas. And we can gain hope and inspiration and light in incredibly dark times by understanding the Christmas story in the light of its historical context. So that's what we're doing in this series entitled All Was Not Calm. And uh, today we're talking about good news in 2020. This has been a year full of bad news. And so is there any good news in 2020? I talked to somebody recently who shared with me that they are struggling to feel joy. And they said, where's my joy? You know, I'm trying to enjoy the Christmas season and I, I just can't feel joy. The first week of this series, we talked about grief and quoted one of my seminary professors that every loss must be grieved. We have all suffered losses this year. It could be the loss of a job, the loss of safety because of fear of COVID, the loss of relationships because we're distanced from people and we feel lonely, the loss of relationships because of the election. 
and strained relationships because we've discovered that, that people we used to be close to have views that we just find repulsive and we can't be a part of that. Uh, the loss of routines, like going to church services in person, uh, like going, going to work every day or just going to different places and shopping and doing the thing, restaurants and doing the things that we always, always enjoyed doing. Maybe you have lost loved ones to COVID or to other causes of death. We have people in our church who have lost loved ones this year. My wife just lost her grandfather this past Thursday about a week after he was diagnosed with COVID. And she's grieving and we're grieving that loss. But all of those things are losses and every loss must be grieved. And so if you're struggling to feel joy right now, part of it is you're normal because we are, we are suffering through a time of great loss and we are grieving. Now, at the same time, there is an experience perhaps of deep inner peace and a deep inner joy that we can feel even when times are as difficult as this, even when we are grieving. The Apostle Paul called it the, the peace that passes all understanding that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And, and peace and joy are linked. There's, there is a sense of deep inner well-being that no matter how crazy life gets, no matter how horrible it is, Somewhere deep down inside, there is a source of peace. There is a source of joy. We're not going to feel happy all the time like we would like to. But deep down inside, is there joy that we can experience? And if so, where does that joy come from? Is there good news in 2020 that can bring us that deep inner sense of joy. So we have two scriptures that we're going to read today, and this series is based on the lectionary, which churches all over the world use, and it rotates every three years. And so there are scriptures for every week of the year, actually, and I usually don't use that, but during this Advent series, we are. And our scriptures today come from Isaiah chapter 61, and then Luke chapter 1, part of the familiar Christmas story. But I want to read from Isaiah chapter 61 first, and this actually shows up in the New Testament book of Luke later on, and we'll talk about that. But these scriptures today are about what happens when God arrives. When God arrives on the scene, when God gets involved, what does it look like when God arrives? And so let's read Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. The prophet Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. And then in verse two, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Now, if that passage is familiar, it's because Jesus actually quotes that passage in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus goes to the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth, and he opens the scroll, and, and he reads from the scroll, he quotes this passage as his personal mission statement. Jesus reads this Isaiah passage, and then he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Like, this is like Jesus' Twitter bio. If, if you ask Jesus, Jesus, what are you all about? What's your mission? What did you arrive to do? Jesus quotes this passage. 
I've come to bring good news to the oppressed, to set people free. This is a really big deal. This is what Jesus says is his mission. If we look at that word oppressed, Jesus quotes this Isaiah passage and says he's come to bring good news to the oppressed. Oppressed can mean poor, humble, afflicted. It carries with it the meaning of people who are oppressed by the rich and the powerful of this world. People who are downtrodden. And the United States is currently in the midst of a culture war that threatens to undermine our democracy. As we speak, our democracy is being weakened by this culture war in which Christianity is used as the religious foundation of this culture war by people who are undermining our democracy right now. Now, Jesus says he has come to bring good news to the oppressed. So is your version of Christianity good, good news to the oppressed, the poor and the afflicted, people who are oppressed, pressed down by the rich and the powerful of this world? Jesus said he came to give good news to those people. So if your version of Christianity is not good news to the oppressed, then it's not good news. It's not the kind of Christianity <laughs> that Jesus thinks of when Jesus thinks of the word Christianity. I, if he even uses that word, I don't know. But Jesus said his mission was to bring good news to the oppressed. If your version of Christianity is not good news to the oppressed, then it's not of God. It's not Judaism. It's not Christianity. It's selfishness in religious clothing. <laughs> it's evil. It's opposed to what God is doing in this world. And so we have to begin by talking about good news. When the word good news is used in the New Testament, it's the Greek word euangelion. E-U is kind of, it means good. Angelion is the root word of angel. Good angel, good message, good messenger. Good news. It's, it's where we get the word evangelism and the word evangelical. When you hear the word evangelical, as in evangelical Christians, do you think of good news? When you think of evangelical, evangelicals, do you think of joy? Do you think of people who are experiencing joy? Most people don't. When most people hear the word evangelical that is based on this New Testament word for good news, they don't think of good news or joy. They think of fear and this militant, protective mentality of, of we have to protect ourselves from people who say we can't say Merry Christmas. There's a war on Christmas somehow. And, and, and there are people who are gay who want to get married. And we need to overturn Roe v. Wade and we need to, we need to vote people into office. And if they lose an election, we'll just pretend they didn't lose. There's this fear and this militance and this, this warlike mentality that is associated with the word evangelical, a word that means, in its original context, good news, that brings joy to people. That's not what most of us think when we hear the word evangelical. So is your version of Christianity good news to the oppressed? 
the poor, the afflicted, the downtrodden. If it's not, Jesus says, it's not Christianity. It's not what he came to do. The second scripture for this week is what his mom said when she was called by God to give birth to the baby Jesus nine months before that first Christmas. This is the Magnificat, Mary's song from Luke chapter 1. Let's read it. Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor. Remember that word favor from Isaiah? He has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary says, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior for, or because, and then the next thing she says is really important. If we're looking for joy, if we're looking for good news in 2020 and in any year, and we want to be a part of what Jesus is doing in this world, the next thing Mary says is very, very important. She says, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, because for God has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Mary does not say, my spirit rejoices because we're winning the culture war. Mary does not say, my spirit rejoices because we just overturned a free and fair election. Mary does not say, my spirit rejoices because we got enough people to vote against people that, you know, I don't like their lifestyle or something. That's not what Mary says. Those things don't bring joy. Mary says, my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, because God has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Mary says, God has looked at favor uh, with favor at me in my state of loneliness. In, In Greek, it's, Tapinosis, it's, re, it's rooted in the word humiliation, humbleness, to be low, to be small, to be on the ground, to be oppressed, like we read in that Isaiah passage, to be depressed. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was one of those oppressed people Isaiah was talking about. And when Jesus quoted Isaiah in Luke chapter 4, she was one of the oppressed people he was talking about. And God favored her. God favors the oppressed, the poor, people who feel small, people who feel invisible, people who are looked at as though they're 
low, people who feel low, people who are pressed down, people who are depressed. Do you feel lowly like Mary? Here at the end of 2020, do you feel depressed? When Mary realized that God looked at her with favor, that God cared about her, that God paid attention to her, that God saw her, that God valued her, that realization that God favored her gave her joy. That's where Mary's joy came from. And certainly that was good news to Mary. And it's good news to the world. Do you feel lonely, small, unimportant, oppressed, depressed? The good news of Christmas is God looks at you like Mary with favor. God cares about you and your circumstances and your journey and the darkness that you're living in in 2020, what you are grieving in 2020. God looks at you with favor. That's where joy comes from. Somebody sent me a meme and I'm sure you've seen it. It was was actually a tweet by a guy named Damien Barr from April 21st of this year. And it says, we are not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. Some of us are on super yachts. Some of us just have one oar. So maybe here in 2020, maybe you feel like you just have an oar. Mary just had an oar. She was a poor peasant Jewish girl perhaps 12, 13, or 14 years old in the ancient Middle East. She was invisible in her society. She had no rights in her society. If she was mistreated, she had no recourse. She was pressed down, depressed. But what brought Mary joy that God looked upon her with favor? Maybe you feel like you just have an oar, but God looks at you with favor. And Mary drew joy from her belief that God looks at her with favor. And that gave her a purpose. She she had a purpose, a calling. Because God favored her, God had something for her to do in this life. She had a calling, a purpose. And even when other people looked at her as low, God had an incredibly high calling for her. There's a young girl in England who has a purpose and she derives joy from her purpose. Her purpose is caring for rescued donkeys. And you're like, could you repeat that? Her purpose is caring for rescued donkeys. Her name is Jenny. And when she was 10 years old, she broke her foot and it was misdiagnosed as just as soft tissue damage instead of a fracture. And of course, she felt pain from that. And the pain of experiencing that as a 10-year-old girl, when it was not treated properly, led to her suffering from what is called conversion disorder. When the stress of something in life turns into more physical symptoms that are unexplained, but they're physical manifestations of stress and anxiety in her life that were coming from this misdiagnosed broken foot. It actually became something even far greater than the broken foot. And she dropped out of school for three years. She wasn't able to function in her normal everyday life. She was depressed, 
pressed down by this medical condition. Her mom said that she became a shell of herself here in her, in her early teens. And her aunt Joanne was, was looking for some way to help her. Was there some way they could, could you know, reach her and, and help to show her some kind of favor and pull her out of this depression? And so her aunt Joanne found a donkey named Finn who had been mistreated. He had been abused and she gave that donkey, this rescued donkey, to Jenny and Jenny started taking care of it. And she could relate to this donkey's condition. They were both pressed down. And as she cared for this donkey, she began to feel better. Her condition improved. She could identify with this donkey. She didn't feel alone. It had been mistreated. She felt mistreated, or at least she felt oppressed by her medical condition. And, and this led to her caring for more donkeys. And they, they actually operate a donkey sanctuary now. And they'll raise these rescued donkeys and then, you know, uh, give them to a new home, put them on a farm where they can have a good life. And there was this video that went viral of her visiting one of the donkeys that she had rescued and cared for when it went to its new home. And this donkey had not seen her in a while. And this video is the reaction of this donkey when, when Jenny walks up to the fence at this farm where this, this donkey that she rescued now lives. And I just wanted to show you that video. It's about one minute long, but let's watch this, this reaction, this donkey's reaction when it sees Jenny who rescued it. Let's watch. That is a happy donkey. I mean, isn't that just so moving to see that? And there are people who say that animals don't have feelings or that they don't process emotions, and of course they do. I mean, you can clearly see that there. How much joy this animal experienced and how much joy it gave Jenny in healing and actually brought her out of her condition to care for that donkey and other donkeys. Joy comes from realizing that you are favored by God and that God gives you a purpose and you can share God's favor with other people in whatever way you're called to share it. Mary's joy came from the fact that she was favored by God. Your joy, even in the darkness of 2020, your good news comes from the fact that you are favored by God and you have a calling and you have a purpose. If your purpose is rescuing an animal or if your purpose is living out your daily calling at work in a way that only you are gifted to do, you can derive joy from that even in the darkness of 2020. And something that gives me joy, uh, even this week as, as Hannah has been grieving the loss of her grandfather and, and feeling the stress of being a teacher 
going to school every day as, as cases rise. Something that has given me joy this week is that the well can bless people in our area who are pressed down, who are oppressed, especially now at the end of 2020. And food banks all over the country are being overrun. You've probably seen on the news that there are, are lines of cars with in, tra- in traffic that's backed up waiting to get food from food banks around the country. Unemployment is high and, and COVID cases just keep rising, which will lead to prolonged struggles, struggles uh, for so many people. And, and we have a benevolence fund here at the well because of your generous giving where we can give as a church to bless people in our area. And so this Christmas, the well is giving $1,000 to Ascend, a local food bank and community center here in Chandler. They have several programs in addition to the food bank uh, where they they partner with um, the city and businesses and churches to give aid to people who are experiencing homelessness here. They have a jobs program where they can get people back on their feet. And so this gift will bless people right here in Chandler where the well is. And and that gift is possible because of your giving. So those of you who give to the well, I hope you feel the same kind of joy that I felt. Just realizing that we can be a blessing. We can do something about the condition that so many people are in where they feel depressed, oppressed. And we can bless them and share God's favor with them. And that really is what you're doing. When a church gives to bless people in our area, you are, you are uh, a good news to them that God favors them, that God cares for them, and God is doing that through you. So that's something to celebrate. Thank you for giving, and I hope you feel the same kind of joy that I feel because of that gift that we can give. So for you personally, beyond you know, giving to a food bank, what are some ways that you could share God's favor and you could experience joy from that? You know, maybe it's, it is giving personally to somebody who is in need. Maybe uh, a kind of a, a Operation Santa kind of thing or an angel, a Christmas tree angel kind of gift where you give a, a Christmas gift to somebody in need. Or maybe it's texting somebody you know is lonely, just messaging them and checking in and, and encouraging them. Somebody actually just did that a few minutes ago. They texted me and somebody in our church suffered a loss today. And they were reaching out to that person and and let me know that that person was struggling as well. That's a way to show God's favor. And you experience joy from that. Maybe it's complimenting somebody who could use a compliment. You never know what that will mean to people. Uh, Maybe it's sending an encouraging card to somebody. Uh, Maybe it's thanking a medical professional or a teacher, or another essential worker, somebody at the grocery store. Those little words of kindness and those thank yous, no matter how small they seem, they are a way of showing God's favor. Saying, I believe God shows favor to me and cares about me here in 2020, and I believe God cares about you and shows favor to you. And when we feel that and when we share that, we feel joy and we share that joy with people on the re- who are on the receiving end of God's favor. And we can also take joy in the little things. I felt joy this week watching my boys play. I have two boys, nine and four, and, and my little guy loves building tents out of couch cushions and pillows. He, he wants to do it every morning. Like, and the earlier, the better. As soon as he gets up, he wants to build a tent. He just loves it. And his big brother 
helps him build tents that will actually stay up and not crash down. And, and so it gives me joy to watch them you know, position cushions and, and design their little couch tent and, and work together and figure out how they're going to build a tent. It gives me joy. It's just a little thing that I get to watch that brings joy to me. What are, what are some little things in your life that bring joy to you? Even here in the darkness of 2020, I wonder if you would be willing to type something in the comments. What is one thing that brings you joy? And it might be some little thing. You might think it's silly. It could be some knickknack, but it has meaning for you. It could be, you know, some conversation you had or something you saw or something you experienced, uh, somebody you know, something you read online. What is one thing that has brought you joy? Maybe this week even. If you would type that in the comments and share with us, what is some little thing that has brought you joy? Maybe it's not a little thing, anything that has brought you joy. Would you be willing to share that right now? Would you be willing to type that in the comments right now? Just typing that out in the comments and sharing that with other people, it not only reminds you of God's favor and things that bring you joy, but just the very act of sharing it or typing it in the comments right now is a way of showing God's favor to other people, sharing joy with other people and giving them a chance to share in that joy as well. So what, what is some perhaps even little thing that brings you joy? Would you type it in the comments right now? And, and instead of typing, I'm going to share something that will be my version of, of what I would type. And I wanted to share a thought about about Hannah's grandfather. His name was Ron, who, who passed away on Thursday. Because he was a joyful guy. He was a classy, warm, sociable gentleman. And I enjoyed knowing him. And, and I remember when Hannah and I were, were dating, she took me to her grandparents' house for Thanksgiving. And that was their tradition. Her, her grandparents would, would make a big Thanksgiving dinner and they both cooked and of course they, over, they overdid it. There was just a huge spread and they had their family over and, and um, that was their tradition every year. And, and I remember, of course, um, having Thanksgiving dinner and, and her grandmother saying to me, Ryan, you better eat more. You better make sure you eat food. And I was like, you know, Granny, this is my third helping. I don't need encouragement to eat food, but thank you so much. And and she was just the classic grandmother in that way. And I remember her grandpa, Ron, in the way that he welcomed me and shook my hand. Of course, it was awkward. The first time you're meeting extended family, you know, when you're dating. And he just had a warm smile and an easy way about him. There are some people who just make it easier to meet them when, when you're in a group situation and you're, you're kind of nervous. And, and he would ask me questions and, and kind of joke a little bit and make conversation. And I remember just feeling joyful around him. He was just that kind of a guy. And when I think about him, especially this week, it reminds me that I have the opportunity to just give people a warm smile. And e even if they're nervous or they're meeting somebody for the first time or they feel awkward, I have the opportunity to spread some joy and, and just to, to be that, that social grease that just helps them to feel comfortable and puts them at ease, just like Gramps did. So that's, that's what I would type this week. Something that brought me joy is his, his memory of the kind of joy that he spread. And what, what is that for you? 
if you type that in the comments now, what brings you joy? Well, the good news that we can experience in a year full of bad news is that joy comes from realizing that we're favored by God, that God cares for us, that we are not alone, even though we, we might feel left alone, abandoned, oppressed, depressed, lowly, as Mary said, that God looks upon us with favor. And if you believe that about your life, that can produce in you a deep sense of peace and joy. Like Paul said, that passes all understanding in a very difficult time. And then like Mary, God's favor comes along with the calling to share, it, share that favor with other people. To, to live in such a way that it is a gift to the world and, and that you can be good news to other people as you share God's favor and you can bring joy to them. It's thinking about the needs of others, giving in some way so we're not consumed by our own pain and our own grief. This giving and living outwardly, this calling that God gives to us to share God's favor, it, it, that's a gift to us actually because it gets us outside of our, ourselves and out of our own pain and it helps us grieve but it helps us grieve in such a way that we, we can do it in an atmosphere of joy. And you can know like Mary that God favors you. And that whatever your version of Christianity is, however you think of the good news, it's only good news if it's good news to the poor and the oppressed and the depressed. And we all have the, the calling, the purpose to share that. And especially right now, in a year full of bad news. That, that is the source of good news in 2020. I invite you to pray with me. Some of us right now are feeling the darkness of 2020. We are grieving. We're grieving many losses, perhaps. Some of us are feeling the financial strain. Maybe we've gone to a food bank. In this dark year full of bad news, we are being reminded of what the first Christmas was like. Maybe we're discovering it for the first time. That the real meaning of Christmas is not necessarily like a Hallmark card, but it's, it's light shining in darkness. It's joy in the midst of grief. It's good news in the midst of horrible news in a way that even passes understanding in the peace and the joy that it gives to us. Perhaps this is the first year when we're really experiencing the real meaning of Christmas. God, for those of us who feel lowly and oppressed and depressed like Mary, God, may we feel your favor right now. Through the eyes of faith, may we, like Mary, hear your call on our lives that God would say to us, you are highly favored. I care for you. You matter to me. I see you. And I am raising you up. And I have a calling and a purpose for you. And we can feel, we can literally emotionally feel the joy that comes from that good news. And we are lifted up by it. 
And we have this, this calling, yes, but also this gift of being able to share that good news in God's favor with other people who feel oppressed, pressed down, depressed here in 2020. And that gives us joy. And it also gives them joy in a year full of bad news. That is good news in 2020. God, we thank you that perhaps for the first time this year, we are experiencing the real meaning of Christmas. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen.